Well, life on the farm is kind of laid back. Ain't much an old country boy like me can't hack. It's early to rise, early in the sack. Thank God I'm a country boy. Well, a simple kind of life never did me no harm. Raising me a family and working on the farm. My days are all filled with an easy country charm. Thank God I'm a country boy. Well, I got me a fine wife. I got me old fiddle. When the sun's coming up, I got cakes on the griddle. And life ain't nothing but a funny, funny riddle. Thank God I'm a country boy. When the work's all done and the sun's setting low, I pull out the fiddle and the Welcome to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. Joined by co-host Austin Zam Hariri. This is episode 23. We are joined this episode by representative, state representative of Texas, James White. James White is running for the Texas Agriculture Commissioner position. Welcome, Representative White. Thank you all for having me on tonight and being a country boy with me. <laughs> we love country boys in Texas, don't we? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me. We appreciate you taking the time out to be here because you know it's pretty hectic with what's going on right now. Y'all have got what four and a half, five weeks, and then it's election, correct? Primary? Yeah, it's like it's 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 a fast one. I mean, it's uh, it's like um, I would say it's it's a, it's a fast break on a basketball court. Uh, real quick, if I can interject, uh, Representative, will you just give us a little bit of background about your district and um, the area of Texas that you serve? Right. Thank you so much. Um, right now, I am a member of the Texas legislature. I represent five counties in southeast Texas, and those counties are Polk, which straddles U.S. 59 between Lufkin and, you know, Cleveland, pretty much. OK, but uh, Polk County, Tyler County. Uh, Newton County, Jasper County, and Harton County. So I am, you know, some folks say I'm behind the Pinewood Curtain. Uh, there's some truth to that. I think I'm in the Pinewood Curtain because I've got lots of tall trees around me all the time. But uh, now we're running for the Texas Commission, Texas Commissioner of Agriculture. We want to be able to promote and protect our ag producers. Uh, I'm a sixth generation Texan guys. And um I'm a proud veteran. I served seven years in the U.S. military, most notably three years in the late 80s in the Berlin Brigade under Ronald Reagan uh, during the demise of the Soviet Union and the fall of the Berlin Brigade. Uh, after in, in the early 90s, I came back to my home state of Texas, began a 17-year journey uh, teaching economics and government along with um coaching football, basketball, and soccer. And, you know, you talk, tell, asked me about the district. Um, I ran for the legislature in 2010 and uh, beat a 16-year entrenched uh, Democrat. And, and that began another journey, and a journey it is, in the Texas legislature, a uh, six-term journey in the Texas legislature, where I served as chair of um, Homeland Security and Public Safety, which I do now two terms chairing the House Corrections Committee and, um, uh, you know, going, you know, chairing the House Corrections Committee. That's direct oversight of the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. And that is uh, oversighting one of the largest agribusiness operations in the state and or, or probably in the country. And also I served on the House Committee on Agriculture, which oversighted the Texas Department of Agriculture. And back home, uh, I'm an author. Uh, I'm a, um, um, a small beef cattle producer, and I own some marketable timber. That's quite the resume you have there. 
Um, wanted to ask you because folks say I don't have enough, like your like your current commissioner. Say <laughs> like quite say like quite the resume. Um, I know I yeah. came to the the house to testify on one of your bills that you had put forward. You had yes. a cannabis penalties reduction bill. Could you elaborate yeah. on that bill? Yeah, for our we, listeners? look. Yeah, look. Um, the work that we've done over the last well during the, my time in the legislature, uh, you know this, uh, Jesse, uh, and and you know I'm a veteran. Uh, I, I consider being a veteran just a little bit more important than being a state rep. Okay. And, um, and I'm a proud veteran, but I know a lot of our veterans have come back with some, I would say those hidden, but deeper wounds um, of some of the things that they were confronted with. And, and we've been able to get a lot of other stuff on the table to help them uh, possibly cannabis. You know, we, we did the Texas hemp act and um you know, that brought some things to the table. But, you know, directly to your question, man, I mean, uh, these these laws are so out of whack. Uh, you can have, uh, you know, somebody walking around with, I guess you call them consumables. OK. Yeah. Yes. And and you could be walking around a couple of those in a white bag. It's not consumables. These are actually omega uh, uh, vitamins, you know, vitamin E's. But um, fish oil. But you could have some folks walking in or you just pop something in your mouth and you can have one of those, okay? And that could get you into the higher misdemeanor felony ranges, right? So we needed to right size that. So, um, you know, we're not overfilling our jails and getting a lot of people wrapped up into the um, criminal justice system. But unfortunately, um, you know what happens uh, when stuff goes over to the Senate. Well, we, we were talking on a previous episode and you mentioned like I pop something in my mouth and I have a cough drop oh, okay. soothe, and say help soothe my throat. But you make a great point about that because we have a hemp program right now that allows us to derive THC out of the plant. And as long as we keep yes. it under 0.3, it's legal. It's a legal item in Texas. That's what I but, thought I voted on. But the moment you take it away and you have this little item and you don't have all the little packaging and stuff to go with it, everybody goes, oh, well, that's a felony. That's a felony. Yes. And, and look. Uh, I've always, you know, most of my legislative experience uh, has been with the criminal justice, you know, whether it's corrections, whether it's Homeland Security, public safety, uh, emerging technologies in in Texas law enforcement, uh, juvenile justice and family issues. It's it's been in this in this arena. And it's important that we focus on, you know, you got people you're mad at and people you're scared of. Right. Okay. People you're mad at. Well, I, I just don't I, I just don't like people saying marijuana, walking around with marijuana, cannabis. And, and let me do a footnote, guys. I have never smoked marijuana. I've never eaten anything. You know, can I, I've never done any of that. OK. All right. Uh, I, I've, I've been an athlete, athletics, you know, the army just never done any of that. Never had really a, a desire to do any of it. But the point is, you may be a little frustrated with people that may do some things but they're not a threat to your life, your liberty, and your property. So people that you're just frustrated with, uh, let's let's get that out to the extent that we can out of the criminal justice system. People we're scared of, hey, let's round them up and get them somewhere where we can watch them and make sure they don't uh, uh, endanger our life or property. Oh, I totally agree. It makes sense. And that's the biggest thing that I've been trying to push to people is they're not hurting you. Yes. They're not causing, they're yeah. not really causing you any problem. Right. In, in fact, if anything, at this point, the way we've handled it, it's become a burden on the taxpayer financially. 
Yes. 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 And, and, you know, when you look at this, it's, it's sort of, it, it is embarrassing for years. We had thousands and thousands of sex assault kits that had not been tested. Therefore there, there, there hasn't been any follow up through investigation. And then on the flip side, uh, we've got our criminal justice system rounding up, you know, 20, 30, 40,000 folks on, on small amounts of marijuana. So, you know, um, you, you learn this in the military. If you're setting up a defense, you learn this as a football coach. If you, if you got your defense on the field, if you try to defend everything, you're likely to defend nothing. Okay. So, um, even in the criminal justice sector, Jesse and Austin, I, I think we need some, we always need some right sizing and some prioritization. Well, yeah, you're talking about pretty much we're spreading ourselves too thin over things that aren't really priority issues. Yes, yes. And, and I just think it's just unconscionable, you know, to have sex assault kits sitting on the, on the shelf wherever they're sitting and haven't been tested. And some young man or woman has been, um, uh, you know, they've had their psyche, their body violated. And, and, and we're not focused on that in a, in a very expedited, constructive, you know, deliberative way. Uh, to me, that is um, extremely uh, concerning. Um, so just so everybody knows, you are a state representative, right? So yes. uh, you understand that there are budgets, that there are finances, that there are money that comes in and comes out and that these are finite. And so that, you know, the general public kind of thinks, oh, the state of Texas or the federal government, they just have money that they throw at anything. When in fact, no, we actually do have to prioritize mm -hmm. what we enforce and how we enforce. Is that correct? That, that, that's what I would say. And, 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 and it, you hit it on the button, how, when, and if, okay. Um, you know, um, again, you, 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 you know, obviously there are some, probably some offenses out there that don't necessarily impact someone's life or liberty that you may have to address. Okay. But to the extent that they don't, um, you know, you would hope that we could find some other um, alternatives. So for example, as a member of the legislature, um, and, and a lot of this is a, is a learning process for a lot of folks, right? Uh, as a member of the legislature, um, I have, um, you know, supported and really looked at, you know, how do we do medical, mar medical marijuana-based therapeutics? Okay. Um, you know, look at this. I mean, just, just look at, look at, look at how, what, how silly we, we think about stuff, Austin. We're arguing about should you allow someone to grab you, throw you on the ground and inject you with something in your arm? I'm talking about a vaccine mandate. Okay. But we are hesitant about allowing veterans the opportunity to have the therapeutics that they need to, uh, so, you know, to, to get over the challenges that they have due to their defense of our nation on our behalf. Okay. I'm, I'm a real story here, guys, real quick. Um, I remember I was, I think it was before my 2015 session and I had a constituent reach out to me and she had an infant that had, uh, epilepsy and she wanted to visit with me about this therapeutic that is carrot cannabis, marijuana based. I think it's an oil and, um, and, and how it could help her baby, uh, you know, get over that health challenge of epilepsy. So 
I drove out. I think she's in Polk County, and and I sat in her in her house for a few a few few minutes, and she talked about this. And her baby was lying on the floor watching this TV show, and she said she has to keep this type of TV show. It had a lot of fast animation in it, and that's to keep the brain um, occupied. I keep guess it stimulated. Stimulated. Okay, great word, Jesse. So Jesse, yeah, yeah, stimulated. So the baby would not fall into some deep epileptic epileptic seizure. And we had a long discussion that I I went back home and I studied this. We had hospitals in in North Texas, research facilities that were looking at this. And I'm like, how can I tell, how can I look that constituent, that mama in the eye, in her eyes and say, and she's telling me she thinks this is for her baby. And she told me that as the 15 minutes, the first 15 minutes, uh, Jeremy, the baby actually had like a dozen epileptic seizures. Now I kind of start freaking out that I was going to be there doing a seizure, right? But um, how can I honestly and compassionately look her in the eye and say, no, I'm not a doctor, okay? I'm not doing evidence-based research. So uh, if, if, we can, if we can come to the point, and I'm against vaccine mandates, if we can come to the point where we th- think we got to mandate vaccines, Surely we can allow people to freely have access to these uh, therapeutics, marijuana-based cannabis mix. Understandable. Well, we're going to go into our first sponsor break here at the Lone Star Collective. I'm your host, Jesse Williams, joined by co-host Austin Zamharari. Our guest this week, State Representative James White, who's running for Texas Agriculture Commissioner. We will be right back after this break. Oakcliff Cultivators is a sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective and Lone Star Collective Podcast. Oakcliff focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flower pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, Delta 8, and merch. For more information on their products, quality, or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast, distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more, to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Austin Sam Hariri. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. This is episode 23. I'm your host, Jesse Williams, joined by co-host Austin Zamhariri. This week, our guest is State Representative James White. He's running for Texas Agriculture Commissioner. Welcome back, everybody. Can everybody hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Making sure. Real quick, um, 
Uh, Representative White, I wanted to touch on one thing that you said that really struck out to me, which was you mentioned the word compassion. Yes. In the name of the the bill that passed in 2015 was the Texas Compassionate Use Act yes. that opened medical marijuana in Texas. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, uh, would you say that that's how you would kind of approach, approach this issue is with uh, some empathy and compassion? Compassion, uh, constructiveness, absolutely. Uh, look, um, it, it, we, we seem to work on this with everything else, right? I mean, um, to preserve life and enhance the quality of life, we generally think those are issues handled best between patient and physician, if not just patient alone. Look, this is the, some of the same stuff we're going on now. You know, the, the, the battle over HCQ, the, the, the discussion over ivermectin uh, and, and other therapeutics when we look at the COVID scenario, right? Um, and, and, and I think this, this um, episode that we've had with COVID should probably be an eyebrow raiser of, do you really want government delivering and deciding your medical care? This is how it looks. Absolute chaos, along with some tyranny. Would you, uh, so a, a research paper out of Oregon State University came out this week uh, and really kind of set the, the, the cannabis world on fire that had, uh, that suggested that certain acids uh, within uh, cannabis compounds could prevent and treat COVID-19. Obviously, this is something that needs far more research. Would you say, in your opinion, we need a lot, we still need a ton more research on cannabis? Well, look, yes, uh, I'm all for research, okay? And I think at one time we had a bill or maybe we, we, we added a rider or an amendment to one bill related to veterans and, 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 and some of the conditions that they, they're challenged with when they come back from overseas. But I've, I'm also a supporter of the Right to Try um, Act. Uh, you know, the, the feds did something and to fully take advantage of it, we had to pass our version at the uh, state level. And so again, I, I mean, if, if we say we got Right to Try, uh, if, if we say that uh, medical care is something that should be decided between the patient and physician. I think that that counts for everything. Now, obviously, physicians are under uh, a code. Uh, they have to adhere to statutes. They have to do informed consent, right? Okay, but but these are these are things that that are probably best left to the scientists, uh, which doctors are, and to to their patients, and what, along with their patients. Oh, yeah, I was speaking with a, a nurse yesterday who does operations out of Virginia, Maryland, and D.C., and she was speaking to that point that it's like when it comes to making the policy about dealing with cannabis as a medicine, that needs to be left up to nurses, doctors, people in the medical community. Yes, yes. And, and look, we already have processes in place. They're kind of weird, too, where you get stuff approved and, and all of that. That's already in place, okay? Uh, but But primarily... When I sit down and talk about these issues it, from the from the vantage point that we're talking about it now, um, I want to know what the research says. I want to know what the doctors are saying. And most importantly, um, my constituents that are patients, uh, I want to listen to them, most importantly. Well, I wanted to, to pivot on something about this plans for you if you do become ad commissioner in Texas, is that when we are in legislative session, 
or do you feel you'd be the type of person who would be coming in to chime in about say like the hemp program or the cannabis well, programs? Well, I've been, a, I've been, a, I've been a legislator. Uh, we're very guarded about our committee hearings, as you know, uh, and, and about the Capitol when we're in town, but your Texas ag agriculture code, Jeremy, um, Jeremy, right? Jesse, 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 I'm sorry. It's okay. Your Texas agriculture code, Jesse, charges the commissioner with the role of promoting Texas agriculture. All right. And to the extent that we have farmers, producers, and consumers that want certain agricultural products, absolutely, I expect to be on the field actively playing a constructive role, providing legislate legislators with information, how the department would potentially, you know, implement, uh, you know, certain decisions that the legislature makes. Absolutely. And listening to producers uh, throughout the supply chain. Uh, so absolutely. That's, you know, I'm telling folks, if I'm the commissioner, I'm, I'm working for the industry, okay, on behalf of Texas. And, and that's where I, understanding the legislature needs to do its job and passing the law, okay, all right, we believe in separation of powers, but um, to the extent of getting fact papers together, um, you know, you know, exposing, uh, and, and this is for any ag product, right? Correct. Okay, corn, marijuana, uh, uh, cannabis, hemp, cotton, milk, uh, where there's a need to promote the prosperity and freedom of ag producers, I want to be uh, a force multiplier. Real quick, Representative White, um, I was curious, what shortcomings do you see currently in the Department of Ag that you feel confident when you step in, you will be able to um, handle and um, move forward with? One, we've got to get ethics and transparency and trust, okay? You got to do that in a marriage. <laughs> you got to do that in the business. You got to do that in the military. Um, and you have to do it in government. Okay. You may not agree all the time with what government does, but if it was transparent, it was by the rules, you can trust it. You can say, hey, I disagree with that, but I had my say. I had my opportunity to participate. Democracy is what we practice. We count the votes and we got the will of the people, right? And, and so um, you look at the current situation where uh, there are allegations out there and uh, in, in, in at least one indictment where uh, folks that were saying that they had access to the department maybe had some type of access to leaders in a department and they could get stuff done. If you give me money in an alley, this is for real. I'm, I know I'm making it sound theatric, but it, it happened for real, folks. It's, it's, what do you call it? Public record. Uh, meeting folks in the alley, getting um, um, cash in an envelope, taking it over to the TDA. How will producers and consumers have confidence in TDA's regulatory authority um, and, and, and people in the market trust the promotion if they know this is happening? So that's the first thing we have to do. And I think like we did in the army or when I was a school teacher, we'd have days of uh, days or hours of in-service. Day one, we have to reacquaint ourselves, especially that executive level of the agency, because I think most of the people in the department, the lower level folks, they're great public servants. It's the executive department of the, of the, of the agency 
that we understand what are our ethical standards and expectations, not baseline. We don't just want to do baseline, the expectations of our public and the transparency laws, okay? And then from there, if there are any um, excessive fees, what I mean by excessive fees, the state auditor uh, identified that, that the current commissioner was overcharging producers and entrepreneurs for licensing fees. A lot of those monies were going into executive staff, like for the commissioner's um, uh, campaign consultant's wife, $180,000. All of this is public record. It's nothing, you know, I'm not just throwing stuff, you know, throwing up stuff up against the wall. Uh, we need to cut those positions and we need to bring those prices of those licensing and fees down, okay? Uh, I believe in the Hemp Act, it said the license should not exceed $100. It can be $99. It can be $95, but not exceed $100. Yeah. As a producer and a consumer, you're not a profit center for the TDA. And, and, and that goes for burdensome regulations as well, Okay. Uh, we want to sit down with producers and other stakeholders and make sure that um, we're protecting our consumers, but at the same time, we're enhancing the freedom, liberty, innovation of our producers. So I think those are some first, those are some things we can start doing day one uh, that can um, set in motion a lot of great things to happen in the future. Well, we're going to go into our second break here at the Lone Star Collective podcast, episode 23. I'm your host, Jesse Williams, joined by co-host Austin Zamharari. Our guest this week, State Representative James White, who is running for Texas Agriculture Commissioner. We'll be right back after this sponsor break. I was born, six gun in my hand. Behind a gun, I make my final stand. Cultivators is a sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective and Lone Star Collective Podcast. Oakcliff focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flower pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, Delta 8, and merch. For more information on their products quality or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast, distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more, to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Austin Sam Hariri.
Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. This is episode 23, joined by co-host Austin Zamhariri. Our guest this week, State Representative James White, who's running for Texas Agriculture Commissioner. We just had a nice, th- nice thorough discussion about liberty and having a hemp program with regulations. And a, he wants to be an ag commissioner that's listening to his producers, whether it be hemp, corn, marijuana, any other crop that's in this state. And we hope to continue this great discussion here as we wrap up our last segment. I wanted to ask specifically, um, there's two things that have been going on the last couple of years in the hemp space. And that's been, uh, first off, is Delta 8. And I want to know what your opinions are on the Delta 8 situation that's taking place in our hemp program. Okay, thank you so much for that. Y- you know, uh, we have this issue about this Delta 8. Um, and look, uh, obviously, you know, all of us, most of us thought that if you're, you know, below that, was at 0.3 THC level, um, you're okay, right? Uh, but um, apparently there's this concern about cons- um, smoking uh, something, even though it's less than at that, that THC level that signifies, yeah, it's, you know, it's smokable. So I would say probably two things. Uh, you know, we've got the federal law, okay, and part of the deal about your state hemp act, it, it recognizes that federal law supersedes or it is the, you know, the governing statute, right? Uh, but we do have this situation where um, the Texas Hemp Act was submitted to the Secretary of Agriculture with that phrase in it, you know, can't be used for smokable. I'm talking about the hemp, um, THC 0.3 lower. And so the feds did approve that, okay, and Department of State Health Services, they're over consumable uh, uh, hemp, the hemp consumable part of the hemp regulation. And so they're saying selling anything that's smokable is illegal in the state of Texas. So um, I think there's probably some conflict in what's in black and white and what we want to interpret. Ultimately, we may have to get the legislature involved. But here's another situation where I just think, Jesse, we're just going to have people doing absurd things like saying, instead of saying it's smokable, they'll just repackage it and say consumable. Oh, yeah, they'll say it's tea. Okay. Yeah, that's all they'll do, right? And and so any type of regulation we have, we want to make sure it is purposeful, okay? And if someone that just can re, repackage it and say consumable, I mean, we've re- we haven't really stopped anything. So- I would hope that we can we can get folks together around the table. Uh, I know you guys got some great leg- uh, great litigation going on, right? And I think one of the litigants is one of our veterans organizations on 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 your side on on the side of the yes. I think I think in the Delta Eight case, I know one of the hearings. Um, I think the guy's name is Mitch Fuller. He's a VFW post commander. Yes, and yes. he was there to testify on Delta Eight and more of what you were talking about is towards our smokable hemp ban where it's they're like you can't make it here and sell it you can't you, sell, can, you can't sell it but you could take it home and grind it up and roll it yourself if you wanted to and that would be fine and it's like i don't understand <laughs> how do these right. get there you can have it produced out of state and brought and, in and then have it brought in and so we're rewarding you know businesses outside of the state when we could be promoting texas businesses yeah so we have to ask ourselves you know um 
what, what's the regulatory, what, what are we trying to accomplish from a regulatory standpoint? Okay. And, um, and if there's really no clear purpose we're trying to accomplish, um, we, we just need to move on. Yeah. I think, I think DSHS said in one of the court hearings, they were like, this would help police officers because they can't identify marijuana from hemp just by seeing you smoking it. And that was going to help them. And that was it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and I think exactly. they ways of, of measuring if it's less than 0. 0.3. I mean, but, but again, you know, we, we got to think about innovation. Okay. And at the same time, think about consumer choice. And um, uh, we, we definitely don't want some situations coming up where we're uh, having some, um, uh, some unforeseen uh, actions happening, uh, you know, like a black market developing, and we're actually creating another black market, illegal market. Or a collateral that, consequence. Yeah, that will undermine our uh, legal producers. And that's what happened with, with Delta 8. It was instead of a black market coming in, people found other avenues within the legal market and said, well, this is legal. It fits within our hemp program. We're going to start doing it. And then all of a sudden we have another agency that shows up and goes, no, 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 not happening. It's like, right. But our right. law says we can. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, I don't know to what extent uh, are the, you know, the, the, the courts are going to be able to resolve it. It may take some legislative guidance to get it done, and, and we'll see where we're at. Real quick, Representative. Um, so you, you have a bit, obviously you have uh, an agricultural background. What do you think is, uh, what one or two attributes from your experience working hands-on uh, in that industry that makes you a qualified candidate? Well, uh, here, here's it. Um, Let's go back. Let's let's go back to the hemp program, right? Um, we got to have good seed, okay? Uh, we may definitely. I know that there are research organizations, research institutions, looking at how various seed variants could be accommodated, you know, with our you know diverse climate. So we got to have good science, okay? You have a, you have to get science, okay? So science is very important in agriculture. Two, um, how do we foster a robust competitive market for processing. You know, I think one reason cattle prices are depressed, you know, the, 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 the amount of money per pound that, that ranchers are getting today is significantly less than it was, say, three, four, five years ago, is because we've had, we have this oligopoly, maybe monopoly, of four major meat packers that are dominating the industry, and they're able to set the price at the expense of our producers. So when we look at the hemp market, we want to make sure that um, we, we, we not only have processing capabilities, but we want um, uh, local, if to the extent that we can, local processing that, that cares about the producers in their area. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm bringing in that perspective, uh, even in, in my part of the state where Farmers have wanted to uh, experiment with, with the hemp cultivation. One thing that becomes a, a speed bump is processing. You know, where do we take it, Rep, once we grow it, right? So, um, so it's understanding the entire supply chain and, and how we have robust competition 
and everybody is, 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 is being uh, prosperous. But at the end of the day, it's listening. Texas agriculture is diverse, fellas, and the cotton people, you know, we got to listen to them. We got to listen to the hemp folks, the corn folks, the cows, the, the, the cow guys, the, the, the timber, and, 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 and bringing that collaborative nature back to the department where that ag council is sitting around the table and providing the department the best advice for the prosperity of Texas. I like that you I like that you uh, kind of talk about all of these different segments of agriculture, because a lot of people that aren't from Texas, uh, when they think about Texas, they think, you know, plains and, and maybe some desert. And they don't they don't understand the, the magnitude of how big the state of Texas is and the various climates that it encompasses and that there are hundreds of different uh, commodities that are created through uh, agricultural crops. So thank yes. you for it. Yes, sir. Yeah, I wanted to add on to what you were talking about. I've been trying to explain to people for like the last two years that this, it's the go big or go home mentality. And we've got to get past that because the go big or go home mentality is, hey, if you can't compete with, like you said, the four big guys, pack up, sell it to them and move on. And it's, it's just we're watching the result right now across the nation where supply chain issues, because they're trying to get it from four main meat packers. And I think H-E-B, H-E-B in Texas is a good example where they source a lot of stuff locally. Yes. And they're going yeah. in, into their area and their communities to source things out. So we're not seeing these shortages of meat and milk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're, you, you're, you're spot on, my friend. And we can't outsource uh, real-time markets, you know, real-time supply. We can't outsource our stuff to China, our ag industry to China, Argentina, uh, we've got to grow and raise stuff ourselves in Texas as Texans on Texas soil. Austin, do you have any final thoughts you want to add in? Anything you would like to ask? Uh, no, I just, I really appreciate uh, Representative White really reiterating this idea of kind of the bringing it back to, to local and, um, and talking about uh, people in the local economy um, and, and really expressing uh this need for for texans to take care of texans and and and, and really fix this issue any of the issues that we have within the state as opposed to you know maybe taking some kind of quick fix and and going out of state or out of country and so um i really appreciate this approach that representative white brings to the table thank you well as we wrap it up here i want to give you an opportunity to give out your website how people can find out more information about you and your campaign. Yes. Thank you all so much for having me on. Thank you to your view viewers. Uh, we love Texas. We love the people who make Texas prosperous, free, and independent. And we believe that's our farm, mainly our farmers and ranchers. That's why we're running for the uh, Texas Commissioner of Agriculture. Uh, to learn more about our uh, campaign, you can go to jameswhiteprotexas.com, jameswhiteprotexas.com. There are links there to our Facebook page, our Twitter page. Uh, we're asking for your support humbly uh, to be your next commissioner and to serve you and to make Texas continue to make Texas prosperous, independent and free. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate you taking the time out this 45 minutes to an hour to be with us and talk to us and talk about how you feel your opinions and what you think you could add to the agriculture commission spot. That's yes. going to wrap it up for episode 23 of the Lone Star Collective. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. I'm joined by co-host Austin Zamhuri. 
Our guest this week was State Representative James White, who is running for the Texas Agriculture Commissioner position. He will be on the Republican ticket. That way, if anybody's already asking or wondering, that's where you'll be able to find him on the ballot. And our election, our primary is March 1st, correct? Yes, sir. Early vote starts on 14 uh, on Valentine's Day. Real quick. Also, last day to register to vote in the primaries is January 31st. So go ahead and get that. Uh, Go ahead and get the card, fill it out, put it in the mailbox and get registered. And so that way you can have a voice early on. You don't just wait till the to the general in November. Let's let's start getting to work in March. Thank you for that. Well, that will wrap it up for episode 23. Everybody have a great day and enjoy. I hope everybody enjoys their weekend. Adios.